Welcome into the Field Goals Podcast. Dan Vien's your host, and we are here today to talk about your first place Seattle Seahawks. That's right. All alone in first place in the NFC West after a 37 to 23 win today over the Chargers. <laughs> what a win. We got a lot to talk about. The Rams were off this week on a bye week. Uh, so they're three and three. So not every team in the NFC West has won or has played seven games. But the, the San Francisco 49ers lost today to the Kansas City Chiefs, the red hot Kansas City Chiefs. And so they dropped to three and four, the Seahawks at four and three, all by themselves in the lead in the NFC West. After seven games, nobody had this. Nobody predicted this. There were some people that didn't think the Seahawks would win four games all year. Welcome into the podcast. Um, I'm going to give you my initial thoughts on this rapid reaction. But first, let me do this. Went to Twitter, posted a, a, a quick poll, and, and asked very simply, are the Seahawks going to win the NFC West, yes or no? Two-thirds of you right now are saying yes. Not just a playoff team, but are going to win the division in the uh, NFC West. I think I said AFC West, didn't I? The Chargers in the AFC West. The Chargers considered one of the better teams in the AFC. And this looked like a tough game. Talked to Corbin Smith about it the other day, going on the road, playing Justin Herbert. There was some question as to whether Keenan Allen would play. He did. Question about whether Corey Lindsley would be back. He was. Uh, Allen didn't look 100%, though. Was in early. Didn't really get a lot of snaps today the rest of the game. Mike Williams, Gerald Everett, the former Seahawk, were, were the focal point. Austin Eckler. Uh, but let's talk about some of the details in this game, okay? Absolutely 100% the star of this game is the young running back, the rookie running back, Kenneth Walker, the third. Again, in place of the injured Rashad Penny, ran for 168 yards, two touchdowns. His 74-yard touchdown with seven minutes left sounded like this. After the turnover on downs, pitch to Kenneth Walker, and he's got a lane. And see you later. Kenneth Walker off to the races. Touchdown, Seahawks, 74 yards, and this one is over. They ran right at Kyle Van Oy on the edge, and he got dumped. He got flat-backed right to the ground, and there was a clear lane, and it was off to the races. I believe that was Will Disley. That is some speed from Kenneth Walker, man, down the right sideline. Indeed, it was some speed. In fact... 22.09 miles per hour on that touchdown run by Kenneth Walker. The fastest speed clocked by any ball carrier in the NFL this season. And man, if you watch this game, Kenneth Walker's a real deal. He is the full package. He has vision. He has patience, anticipation, strength. We've seen him breaking tackles, cutback ability. Quickness, speed, obviously with the breakaway there. That was the opposing radio call from the Chargers announcers on that one. That's why they seemed so unenthused and called the game over uh, when that happened. Take some notes during the game and afterwards. Here are, my, here are my quick thoughts. This is a rapid reaction, right? My quick thoughts. The defense, once again, this is what we wanted to see. And Corbin and I talked about it yesterday. What they did against Arizona, what looked to be an Arizona offense that was dysfunctional, was that repeatable? Sustainable? Was it legitimate? Arizona went out four days later and hung 40 points on New Orleans, although two, uh, two of those touchdowns came on pick sixes by the defense. 
Seahawks held the Chargers in check. Sacked Justin Herbert three times, hit him seven more times. Consistent pressure throughout the game. Herbert was 33 out of 51 once they fell behind early. It was 17-0 at the end of the first quarter. Uh, Threw it 51 times for only 293 yards. Two touchdowns, one interception by Ryan Neal. Seahawks held the Chargers to 53 yards rushing. Again, they they threw it once they once they got behind. Saw some cool things on defense, and the contributions came from everywhere. That's what I liked about this performance. We got Al Woods back, and we got the debut of Bruce Irvin. And on the stat sheet, it shows that he only had two tackles. But he was active. He was active. I think he's going to be a factor. Late in the game, he got a pressure on Herbert. Almost got to him for a sack. Played the run well. That's one of the reasons he was brought back in. Daryl Taylor, second straight game where he made an impact. Pressured the quarterback a number of times. Had another strip sack. These are becoming kind of trademark for him. Had a strip sack, fumble recovery, 21-yard return on the Chargers' second drive of the game. And the Seahawks were good when it mattered most. Kept the Chargers to 5 out of 15 on third downs and stopped them on 3 out of 4 fourth downs, including on the first drive of the game, forced a 3 and out from the Chargers. Chargers went for it on fourth and short, tried to run Eckler up the middle. Seahawks stopped them. Really set the tone for that game. But the thing to me that continues to stand out over and over and over about this team on defense is the secondary. Again, Coverage sticky all over the field. The Chargers hardly challenged Tariq Woolen. When he did, blanket coverage. Almost had an interception. Tight coverage wherever he goes. No blown coverages. There's times where it looks like he knows, he can feel the route that the receiver's running. Maybe that's a testament to his wide receiver experience in college. And so then they test the other guys. Kobe Bryant in the middle of the field. Every single game looks more comfortable in that slot cornerback position. Again, I'll use that word, sticky coverage. He's there, almost had his first career interception late in the game, tipped a ball up in the air, caught it in the end zone, but there was a very questionable offsides call on the uh, Seahawks defense on that play to nullify what would have been Bryant's first interception. Wollin's streak of four straight games with an interception broken, but again, they didn't challenge him very often. And on the other side, Mike Jackson almost had almost had an interception. Textbook. Read the play, outbreaking route, breaks on the ball, almost had an interception. Would have liked to have had that one back. Trey Brown is practicing again with the team. Last year's draft pick should be back with the team soon. Sidney Jones was a healthy scratch today. There's reports that he's on the trade block. He was the Seahawks' best corner last year with DJ Reed. Well, DJ Reed was probably their best corner, but along with him. Outstanding in coverage. Not a liability at all, but he just is an older player. Seahawks are investing in the young guys. And that's secondary. Ryan Neal had the interception on the second drive. Uh, He's been outstanding. His coverage ability, his ability to hit, his versatility. Seahawks are kind of mixing and matching with with their safeties, playing some too deep, but also playing single high at times. Ryan Neal, a huge upgrade over Josh Jones ever since he came back from injury. There's times that when Pete Carroll said in his post-game press conference that Herbert held the ball a couple of times. I, I don't think it was, I don't think Pete gave credit where credit was due. Those are coverage 
situations. Coverage is dictating that. Guys aren't open. And now it's kind of working from the back end to the front end. That, that pass rush is starting to become more consistent. It's a lot of fun. Now, on offense, speak of consistency. Ever since that San Francisco game down there, this offense has been consistently good. Here, I want to pull this up for just a second and look at the drive chart. Because that, to me, is the most encouraging thing about this. Uh, three and out on the first drive. Seahawks go down, score a touchdown. Second drive, Ryan Neal interception for the Chargers. Uh, Neal with an interception leads to another Seahawk touchdown. Third drive, the strip sack by Daryl Taylor, forced fumble, leads to a field goal. Seahawks 17-0 at the end of the first quarter. Then the Chargers have a touchdown drive, and the Seahawks fumble. Geno Smith with a fumble on a sack. Okay. Chargers respond, go down and make it 17-14. to Then they stop the Hawks. Hawks have to punt. That was the last time Michael Dixon had to touch the football as a punter the rest of the game. The way they respond, their confidence in what they're doing on offense and how they spread the ball around. Second quarter. And Herbert. Some potentially bad news for the Seahawks in this one. DK Metcalf went up to catch a ball near the, near the pylon. Came down awkwardly, had to be carted off. Early indications are it may not be a serious knee injury. Pete Carroll said x-rays were negative. But they'll have to get him back to Seattle, do an MRI to find out the extent of the damage. By contrast, and I'm not making any inferences here other than to, to compare it to something that happened in the same span of time. The outstanding rookie running back for the New York Jets, Brees Hall, injured his knee today in the same kickoff time frame. And by the end of the game, it's being reported that he has suffered an ACL injury. Really unfortunate for a young player. Always unfortunate. It does not sound like we need to worry about a catastrophic knee injury. Is it an MCL sprain? Is it a tear? Is it cartilage? Is it going to be weeks? Is it going to be months? Uh, so that is something, obviously, that'll be a big storyline as the as this team returns and we head into tomorrow. And um, hopefully by Pete Carroll's radio show tomorrow, or at least his press conference, there will be some uh, clarifying news. So potentially a big loss for the Seahawks. In his place, so Marquise Goodwin. Two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett stepped up. D. Eskridge had a couple of targets again. Will Disley had four catches today. Geno Smith, 20 out of 27, 210 yards. The two touchdowns is a good one. He had an interception in the first quarter. The ball was tipped. Tried to fit it into a tight window to Tyler Lockett. Tight coverage. DB tipped it up in the air. It was intercepted. And had a couple of throws late in the game where he was trying to fit the ball in that could have been intercepted. What I like about what I'm seeing out of out of Geno Smith is my concern going into the season. And one of the reasons I wasn't that enthused about him being the choice was I thought that the whole reason he had gotten into Pete Carroll's good graces is he had learned to wean himself off of turnovers because that was what he was known for early in his career. That was his demise in New York. And I thought, okay, that likely means he's a check down machine. 
he's going to be a careful quarterback and a game manager. He's playing loose. He's playing confident. He's not afraid to take some chances. He has a lot of confidence in his arm and his ability to put the ball where it needs to go. I like that. And then Carroll talked again at length in the post-game press conference about how just in command he is of this offense. Reading things at the line of scrimmage, making checks, changing things up, making the right decisions. And the other thing, we're going to talk about this every, every week in, week out, when there's something, when his first option isn't there, when the big play isn't there, when things start to break down, he just takes the easy yards. He hits the, he hits the hot route. He checks it down, man. It's, it's a different look at quarterback than we're used to, and it's working. And again, just another game where this offense just looks like a well-oiled machine. They're not predictable. They're not repetitive. They <laughs> they play in rhythm, but they keep the defense off balance. As a fan, you don't really know what's coming. So the defense doesn't know what's coming. And what Corbin and I talked about the other day, they attack the entire field. You never know where they're going to go with the football. That puts stress on a defense. And then you talk about those guys up front. Joey Bosa's out for the Chargers right now. They still have Kyle Van Noy, a couple of young guys, and they have Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack's name was hardly called today. He had two tackles. No hurries, no pressures, no sacks, no quarterback hits. He didn't touch Geno Smith. And he was primarily, if those of you who were concerned last week, because Charles Cross got beat a couple of times, looked like a rookie at times. Khalil Mack was working against Charles Cross for most of the game. It was Van Noy on Lucas. Those guys had a great game. They really did. Obviously, their running back ran for 168 and two touchdowns. Their quarterback threw for a couple touchdowns, only got sacked twice or uh, four times. Sacked twice, hit four times. No, sacked four times. Get it straight, Dan. Uh, just another outstanding game by the offense. And now, I'll tell you what, this team's playing with confidence. This is a game that, if you take the 2021 or 2020 Seahawks in the exact same scenario and send them down to the Chargers with Russell Wilson at quarterback and, and what he had around him, how good do you feel about that matchup? This team went down there expecting to win. It's a team that believes in themselves. And the way within a game, as we pointed out today, that they respond to moments in games that don't go well. Uh, this is fun. This is exciting. And this is a team now that isn't surprised by their success. Carroll sounded after the game like he was confident that what you see on defense now, this is how it's going to be. And he even talked in terms of like, we're just getting started. There's so much improving to be done. There's so much ahead of us. We can get so much better. So what lies ahead for the Seahawks now? Upcoming schedule the next three weeks. Again, perceptions change so much during the season. Our perception of what the Seahawks team is has changed. Two-thirds of you think they're going to win the division. But also their opponents. 
So they return home Sunday, Lumen Field, to play the Giants, the resurgent New York Giants under Brian Dayball. Six and one now. They beat Jacksonville 23-17 today. It didn't look great doing it. But the Giants come in here at six and one. Good football team. Saquon Bar- Barkley looks like a guy that um, the injuries are behind him and he looks like the guy they drafted him to be. Is Daniel Jones a guy that scares you? Are there weapons outside of Barkley? Guys that scare you? And then you go back to Arizona to play a Cardinals team you just dominated. It's going to be a little different looking Cardinals team. DeAndre Hopkins is back now. I don't know if they're going to get James Conner back in two weeks. I don't know his specific injury situation off the top of my head. And then you go to Germany to play Tampa Bay. And this is a game that looks way different than it did a month ago or six weeks ago. The Bucs dropped to three and four today. They lose 21 to three to Carolina, a Carolina team playing with their third string quarterback, PJ Walker, who just traded their best player, Christian McCaffrey. And they dominated and made the Bucs look bad. And the announcers in, uh, on the television copy were saying, this was the low point for Tom Brady in his three years in Tampa Bay. And then you have a bye. So you're four and three, Giants at home, at Cardinals, at Tampa Bay in Germany, and then a bye. What's their record going to look like at the bye? Six and four? Wait, am I doing that math right? Yeah. <laughs> if they go two and one, they'd be six and four. Does that sound good? Five and five. Or could this team be seven and three heading into the bye? And certainly you look around the division. Um, we'll see what happens in San Francisco when they get when they get Nick Bosa back and when McCaffrey's up to speed. Played today. I think he had 38 yards or something like that. Um, but once he gets incorporated more in the offense, that's going to be probably a different team. They finally got George Kittle going a little bit today. He had almost 100 yards catching and a touchdown. When they're at full strength, we'll see what they do. See if they go on a run. See if the Rams can get it together. They got so many injuries on the offensive line. That's really what's hampering them. And questions in their backfield. Cam Akers in the doghouse. I'll tell you what, it's up for grabs. And this is a football team that I, we're going to stop talking about rebuilding. We're going to stop talking about rebuilding. One of the biggest national stories in the league this year is the Seahawks draft. And absolutely nailing their first six picks. Cross, Lucas, Maffe, Walker, Bryant, Wolin, all starters. Walker and Wolin budding stars. Wolin could be defensive rookie of the year and Walker might have just catapulted himself into offensive rookie of the year consideration. Maybe even the front runner. And we haven't even seen Derek Young or Tyreek Smith, who's on injured reserve, who I think they expect to make an impact on defense. What a fun year. And uh, and how quickly perceptions change. Seth Wickersham, national reporter, who wrote the big story five or six years ago for ESPN. He was really the first one to dive into sort of the dysfunctional family inner dynamics of the Seahawks locker room. And um, he was the one that wrote the big story about how Pete Carroll f- 
showed too much favoritism to Russell Wilson. And that caused some issues with the Legion of Boom guys and caused some guys to be disgruntled and eventually leave. He said that the Wilson trade points out the Seahawks' vision and their, their eye, their ability to recognize talent and scout talent. That's been in question at times over the last five or six years with some of their drafts. But to nail this draft the way they have, Talked about it on the mock draft show last week. That suddenly you're not, you're not, we're not talking about selling out the draft to move up and get Will Levis or CJ Stroud or Bryant Young next year in the draft. Not necessary. Because I just spent 21 minutes talking about today's game, and I spent about 30 seconds of that talking about Geno Smith. It's getting to the point where he's not really the story because he's something we can count on. He's that legitimate. He's doing it now in tough situations on the road, at home, against good teams, in big moments. It's a fun team to watch. It's a fun team to watch. We will look ahead later this week to the Giants game um, <laughs> next week. And uh, certainly tomorrow, if there's anything really significant about the DK Metcalf injury um, Whew. On the negative side, uh, maybe we'll do a quick show. But um, again, it sure doesn't sound. Fingers crossed. Sure doesn't sound like we we're gonna lose him for the rest of the year. I hope I'm right about that. Uh, Readfieldgoals.com. Subscribe to the podcast so you get notification of new episodes. Dana will be back with her episode this week. I'll do a preview of the Giants game later in the week. Until then, man, just enjoy this. This is fun. Your Seahawks are in first place. Talk to you soon.